welcome to Reading Beyond the Lines, the podcast that explores ideas and shares resources for VCE English and Literature. And this week we have thrown it over to Kilvington students. Um, Renee has kindly vox popped a selection of Year 12 students willing to share the ideas behind their creative sacks in response to the film Sunset Boulevard. Uh, I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, listeners of the English podcast. I'm Renee, and today we're going to be going around and interviewing some people to tell us a little bit about their Sunset Boulevard stories, uh, the characters they're writing about, and some of the themes that they are exploring. So first, I'll tell you a little bit about mine. My story is written about Betty Schaefer, and I explore her desire for success uh, in writing and how she has to use Joe as a medium for that success in this sort of cutthroat world of Hollywood. I explore some themes like success, desire, and also Betty's internal conflict as uh, her rejection from Paramount in the past has affected her and how that's changed her behaviours and her desires. So let's go around and hear some other people's stories. Okay, Ria, let's hear a bit about your narrative. Yep, so my piece explores the nature of fame, depicting one's attempt to fit into the Hollywood superficial ideal. I've written from three different perspectives, and this challenges the idea that celebrity life is the peak of happiness and wealth. So I begin from writing from the view of a orchestra member to give fresh insight of Norma's mansion, and then I um, write from Norma's perspective and her delusions, and then I finally finish off with Max reminiscing about his time with Norma. So now we've got Rowan here to tell us a bit about his. Thank you. Well, my story starts off or is from the point of view of Max in the third person a little well, actually, no, not a little, a long time before Sunset Boulevard, roughly around Norma's second divorce, I put it as. It shows two main questions, or it answers two main questions of how the chimpanzee got there and how Max became Norma's butler, you know, due to their rocky relationship. I follow the themes of mainly deception and control over others, specifically from Max's perspective, and I gave a short story of how he reminisces, reminisces and how he regrets becoming Norma's butler, in a sense. We're here with Charlotte, who's going to tell us a bit about her story. So my story is about um, Norma and Max, and it's from the perspective of Hogai, the Paramount Studios lighting technician, and basically it's his observation of Norma's demise as the result of her obsession with the spotlight and her desire to become a famous film star. Yeah. So interesting. Thank you. So now let's hear a little bit about Freya's story. So my story is from Max's perspective and it's when Norma's coming down the stairs after she's just killed Joe and it's Max's internal monologue and it's basically what he's thinking as she's taking her final steps down the stairs and he blames himself for the murder of Joe because he fed her all her fantasies and delusions and wrote these letters to her. So now Gab is going to tell us a little bit about his... Um, so basically, um, I'm writing in the Max's perspective. Um, I'm writing about like about how he polishes the car and how it kind of symbolises Norma's um, delusional personality and how um, she requires all these like makeup and cosmetic alterations in order for her to be ready and you know to go out and impress and turn heads. It's similar to the Sotifaraschini, the car that he's polishing, 
where once it's polished, it's, you know, ready to go out and, you know, still impress, although it is old and in a modernised, you know, <laughs> kind of country. So now we're going to hear from Georgia. Um, so my piece focuses on the perspective of the public as a whole, writing my piece as a report to reflect Norma Desmond's rise and fall to fame, how she adapted and changed uh, with Hollywood um, as the years progressed and how um, that had an effect on a mental state. I incorporated my piece within the structure of a report and chose to keep the reporter anonymous. This symbolised the public's perspective on her as a whole and their um, need to judge and criticise Norma um, from what they have observed outside of the scene. I did choose to um, incorporate quotes from like Norma reminiscing about her past, how she suffered from memory loss also helps to create a contrast between what she's currently thinking and how that contrasts with what reporters are seeing. I also decided to conclude my piece um, questioning whether Hollywood is to blame and if this whole scenario is simply just Norma being deliriously unhinged or if her mental state has really been the cause of their downfall. This places the readers to question if it's Hollywood to blame or if simply the actress has gone loose, you could say. So now let's hear about Hugo's piece. All right, so my piece is essentially about the scene, it takes place during the scene where Norman Desmond is getting her sort of extreme cosmetic makeover and on the table, getting all those different creams and salves and all that. And it's essentially a sort of a third person dive into her inner thoughts and sort of an insight into her opinions on all different manner of things from the other characters to the Hollywood industry and just the rise of the talkies and a bunch of other things, yeah. Okay, Joanna, tell me about yours. Um, so I wrote about... So I write from Norma's perspective, like a first-person internal monologue of, like, her thoughts and, like, a narration of her life from her point of view. So it was basically going into, like, her idea of how she thinks the world is and how, like, it, like going into, like, her vanity and self-obsession with stuff and, like, how she thinks she's, like, still around and how she thinks she's the greatest of all time and how, like, it's her perspective. She thinks she still rules Hollywood and, like, it's basically her perspective of... Hollywood now being like oh like how can they just get rid of me blah 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 I will return and then she ultimately realizes that no one's there waiting for her return in the end and that's why she's like why how can this be like she's so delusional she doesn't understand that she actually doesn't have any more fans and they're not waiting for her so but like I say that she still doesn't even understand that that's how delusional she is.